Welcome to Behavioral Grooves. My name is Kurt Nelson. And I'm Tim Houlihan. And this is the podcast where you get to learn about why we do what we do. Why do we do what we do? I don't know. Why are we here? Where are we? We are at the University of Pennsylvania in the library, actually, uh, here at the University of Pennsylvania's Masters of Behavioral Science workshop on norms and behavioral sciences. Behavioral change. Behavioral change. Nobeck. Yeah, Nobeck. Yep. Yeah, and so why are we here? Where, because how we, did we get here? Well, because we got invited by Chris Nave, who is the associate director of the program. But we are in Philadelphia for the very purpose of celebrating our 100th episode, which is pretty cool. Which we just did last night. Which was it, a blast. It was a blast. And so, so you will be hearing this before, if you haven't, didn't listen to the live stream or weren't there live. You'll hear it as, you'll hear as, it as our 100th episode. as our 100th episode. It's coming up in a few weeks. So, But with that... It has been fascinating because we did. We got invited. We, we we posted out that we're coming to Philadelphia, and all of a sudden, these two different people from the University of Pennsylvania uh, reached reach out, out to, to us, us. Yeah, each differently, independently. Yeah, which was so pretty I had fun. Logan Dement reach out to me. Uh, he listens to the program, and, and Chris had, Nave reached out to me. Yeah, and so they invited us here because they're having this workshop, and they have this really interesting interdisciplinary focus on how norms can drive behavior change. Yeah, so so let's so what are the big takeaways uh, for you? I mean because we've been here 2 days, Kurt. What uh, what are the things that just really struck you as so cool that you were happy to be going home with? I do not know nearly enough about social norms. <laughs> oh, no kidding. That is one of right. those things. And and the fact of the matter, you know, behavioral science is really talking about why we do things as humans, right? right. And and understanding why we do what we do, right? I have been remiss in really exploring social norms and the impact that has. And when we think about, it, we talk about tribal stuff all the time. We talk about we, do. we talk about identity, but we're not bringing in that social norm, the the injunctive and the descriptive norms that that are driving a lot of that behavior. Again, it's at that subconscious, unconscious kind of component in, inside. Right. But it really does drive it. And and it's fueling can, the environment. It's, it's it's helping actually shape the context in which we make our decisions and live our lives. And the context matters, as we've talked about yeah, lots absolutely. and lots of times. And so, but with that, I think the interesting piece is that now having this perspective on this, I am going to really try to dig into this and really understand, look at some of the research out there um, and pay attention because I think it works really nice in conjunction with the other pieces that we have talked about and brought up on this show and the work that we've done. Right. What about you? Uh, For me, uh, first of all, I totally agree, man, social norms dominated this, this whole discussion and I, it was, it blew me away. The big thing that hit me second to that is interdisciplinary aspects of the group. Oh my God. We have talked to just in the last two days, we've talked to economists, political scientists, psychologists, law professors, anthropologists, management professors, practitioners. Like this is a massive, cool workshop that brings all these people to the table to solve problems. And I love that. What has been interesting is sitting in on some of the presentations. Mm-hmm. Very academic. Oh, but sure, sure. Very, very academic. It's an academic which is, conference, which is, yeah. Which is fan- fantastic for me, right? Math is above my head most of the time, but I still, I love it. It's challenging me, all these different pieces. You didn't like when they were having the question about the P-tests and which one was more valid? I, and- yeah, it was, <laughs> yeah, it was, it, it is, it was, it's, these guys are brilliant, right? 
on top of that, you know, I have an economics background and a psychology background, and there was an economics discussion yesterday, and then there were some questions afterwards. And one of the questions was posed by a political scientist that brought this perspective in that I would have never thought of. I'm going, oh, wow, when you think yeah. about it from that lens, yeah. it just brought a whole new dynamic of saying, that's the power of this interdisciplinary component. Right. All right. There it is. Yeah, that, 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 was, that, was, that was my number one thing. Uh, the other thing that, that I, I'm coming away with is just lots of questions, honestly. Oh, I have tons of questions. You know, I was, I'm really, uh, uh, so talk about social norms, so much more uh, digging that I feel like I need to do to better understand the application of, of some of the work that was discussed here. Right. Um, so that uh, we can, I can bring this to my own consulting work. Right. right. So I can do a better job of advising clients on how to apply social norms, where, where it's good and where, where it might be risky. Right. Well, and thinking about this from the perspective, we have done work on culture, organizational culture. Yeah. But how does that either align or or dis dissent from social norms because if you think about culture it's the norms of the organization and yet they're different or maybe they're not and i don't know but that would be well and it wasn't discussed here no it wasn't discussed but it's one of those aspects i really want to dig into absolutely like how how can you use large-scale social norms to drive large-scale sustainable changes. It was a conversation we had. Within with, within the corporate setting, right? Well, within or, the corporate or, or setting, even, a, even within other settings. Just the world. Huh? The world. It was a, a discussion we had with Ogden Dimmitt, right? And so thinking about, all right, so if you do a nudge and you change the, the, the choice architecture, his conversation of moving the cookie jar to the back of the of the uh, cafeteria, so you're less likely to have cookies. That's a successful nudge. It's a successful it's nudge. It's been proven that, that, that less cookies, fewer you put people it in buy that, cookies then. In the opaque bo- uh, jar, different things. But what happens with, if all of a sudden you go to another cafeteria and the cookies are at front? Does it change how Did you it, your, right. your perspective on cookies? Did it change my habits around me or my desires to like cookies or not like cookies? Or is cookies? it only because of the context of the environment that I'm in that I'm no longer eating cookies? Or will it take my family and friends to say, we hate cookies. Cookies are so bad. We don't do cookies anymore. We're right. cookie free. All of a sudden, my descriptive norm that I believe, oh, everybody loves cookies. Well, maybe they don't. Maybe cookies mm-hmm. are now bad and cookies are frowned upon. Does that change me? My referral so now, network. My referral my, network starts to inform me in a way that I wasn't getting it before by just having the cookies move to the back of the cafeteria. And so now my self-identity around cookies is shifted. And again, that gets into how do social norms impact my self-identity, which is a big piece of, <laughs> yeah. of what the area that I love, right? So I think, and, and then there's conversations on role models and the impact that role models have on our perceived injunctive norms and descriptive norms and various different right, elements right. of that. And then I'm thinking about, well, do I allow my kid to listen to some music now that because it's a role model and it's negative and how and we know that music that? has an influence on oh, behavior. My gosh, it's Soap so, operas have an influence these, on behavior. All these questions that come up. And so we've got three hours of audio to go through <laughs> from the, from the discussions that we recorded here. And so we're going to have a lot of cool material in the coming weeks. Yeah. So over the course of the next few months, we will probably be releasing these, uh, 
and they're going to be a little bit different. Or we'll just keep them in the vault and never touch them again. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe we will. I don't think so. They're too good. They're they too are good. Oh my gosh. Really, yes. really too good. And so yeah. uh, look forward to listening to those from the University of Pennsylvania. Uh, it has been fascinating, it's been exciting. And just so thankful that they invited us here. We are so grateful for that. And listeners, as always, uh, just thank you for your support. Thanks for listening in. Thanks for, for downloading this podcast and listening. And if you decide that this is good enough, share it with a friend. And share it before the 100th episode comes out, which is just in a few it's weeks. It's going to be so great. It yeah. was awesome. It was. It really was. <laughs> so with that, thank you for listening and uh, have a great day. <laughs>